are you folks tonight? We got a great listening audience here out in the Willoughby, Ohio area here. And I'm Jack Mancini with my partner Adam Sunhalter. We're a couple of business coaches, and we basically are running this program talking about small businesses. And we define small as 1 to 25 employees. They fit any industry, makes no difference. We're business coaches, and we can help those out. Adam, yes. how are you doing today? Yes, we can. I'm doing great, Jack. I'm <laughs> back at about 90, 95% versus last week if you're tuned in. Not only here on the east side of Cleveland, but uh, worldwide on our podcast. I had a little guest appearance by some different voices I had kind of going on. I was good for about 55 out of the 60 minutes of the show last week. We'll see if I can make it the full hour this time, Jack. But hey, it's good. No, you did well. You did well. Those voices were uh, actually pretty entertaining. All right, that's good. Well, it's good to have, it's good to have good partners you can turn things over to. And <laughs> when you got live radio, that's what you got to do. You got to turn things over and kind of roll with it. So uh, as Jack was saying here in the opening, we're here to talk about small business. And you can be part of the show. You're always welcome to be part of the show. We encourage you to call in uh, at 440-946-9468. Again, that number is 440-946-WINT. We're here live in the studio every Wednesday from 7.30 p.m. to 8.30 p.m., prime time here, Eastern Time Zone. So even if, you, if you're listening on the podcast you want to chat with us, you can always call in at that time uh, as well. And we're focused on small business, the owners of those small companies that, that have from 1 to 25 employees and what they deal with on a day-to-day basis and a lot of the stories, not only our personal experience of having owned and operated dozens of companies, but the hundreds and hundreds that we've helped in our day-to-day coaching of these companies. Quite a, quite a few, to say the least. We help them get unstuck from a state of how. Don't we do that, Adam? Hey, how many people understand what that even means? We created a new word last week. Remember that word we created last week, Jack? Heck no. I can't remember, remember the, what I had for lunch today. All right. Well, we created the verb. or the Is it a verb? Probably a verb. We're the unstuckers. The unstuckers, right. that's right. Unstuck from the state of how. Where did that come from? Years of trying to explain <laughs> what it is that we do. People ask you that question. It's that 30-second that elevator pitch. People will ask that question. You freeze up. Hey, what do you, what do, you do for a living, Jack? Yeah, so we, we've invented, uh, hey, we help small business owners get unstuck from a state of how. And then what that really means is we have all these, you as a business owner, we as business owners, we as business coaches, Recognize that every day you have quandaries, you have issues. And usually those issues, when you start to frame them in your mind, start with the word how. How do I make my payroll tomorrow? How do I hire a good person? How do I get more sales? How do I get a plan? How do I get money from the bank? Endless, endless series of how questions. They never stop. Quandaries, huh? Quandaries. So you pick up me for picking up big words. That's a think that's a big word? I don't know, sure. Yeah. Quandary. Yeah, we should get that field tested. Sounds like, Qua- we use sounds it like Kwanzaa. People might get confused with Kwanzaa. Well, I don't. Yeah, I don't know if we'll get confused <laughs> with Kwanzaa, but <laughs> yeah, there might be a few. That's right. <laughs> so yeah, so that's what we like to do: help people get unstuck. And I'm going to guess our listening audience out there has some how questions. I know they do. They do. So we're going to throw out a couple that we've uh, encountered ourselves. And if you uh, feel up to it out there. Give us a call, and we can wrestle with your how question, too. Chances are we've heard it before, and chances are we've, we've framed a, a, a process to provide a solution to that how question. You aren't alone out there. We like to say that, and our clients basically would attest to that. They talk to us all the time. In between our formal meetings, on the phone, on 
uh, email, text, whatever it's going to take to uh, get hold of us at all hours of the day. Usually when it's after midnight, they talk to Adam. When it's afternoon, they talk to me. <laughs> That's how it works. Adam never sleeps. And he thinks of big words to to interject and trap me on this radio station. That's what happens so. after midnight, Jack. You know, these big words come to you, multi, <laughs> multi-syllabic words come to you. you multi, multi what? No, multi-syllabic, there you go. Is that a country? <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's over in the eastern block of Europe. you got to watch out for that. That's right. I I thought I read about them somewhere. they got a little army that got overrun. and Yes, they do. So we're going to help you get unstuck. We're the unstuckers. We're here on the Dirty Secrets of Small Business to share a lot of those stories. And Jack's got a question today he wanted to kind of throw out to start the show. The how question, one of the how questions to go with. So This is a tough one, there. too. This is a tough one. Solutions are a little elusive on this one. But nonetheless, we have a few. Elusive, okay. Another word. Got to watch those. Start writing them down. Okay, the how question. How do you get how do you get the owner of a dysfunctional company to change? All right. Interesting question. All right. I'll bet you know that. I'm, th- I'm, th- some, I'm thinking of two ideas. of our clients that oh. we're working on right now. Only two, huh? Well, there's more, but I'm thinking like, of two. No, it's one of those <laughs> things that I guess people talk about families all the time, right? And what's normal? And almost everybody you meet will say, well, gee, my family's not normal. Whatever that means. I, I'm not sure what the heck normal means anyway, but your version of normal is, that's just how it is, right? You know, it used that, to be, used to be way back, I mean way back when TV first started and that, that the, the nuclear family. The, the black and white TV? Yeah. You know, the, was the, the world fun. black and white back then too or there's color in the world? It was then? always black and white. It was always black and white? But the, the, the father comes home from work in a suit and tie and Mother's dress with high heels, a dress in pearls, and dinners on the table, and that was considered a normal family. I don't know how that ever became normal, but uh, it certainly had some rudiments of it normality well, to it. I, I've never seen that before other than on TV, so it's not normal no, you're today. A little, you're, you're a little No, no, younger. I've seen TV shows, but I mean, it actually experienced that is my point. I've never experienced that part of it. So to see that today is very abnormal, but you're right. What normal is, that that, that, that needle moves around, so... Come back to your question in terms of how do you get the owner of a dysfunctional company to change? First, I guess the first step is you got to have them understand or admit that there is some dysfunction. That's correct. Okay, because if if that's what they know, that's what they know. It's normal to them. It's normal to beat the hell out of each other and and to uh, uh, pummel pummel one into another and and. Uh, just not get along in general, but yet the company well, moves along and survives. Well, How does well, that happen? Well, what often can happen, and I, and I have a sense of there's a couple of clients that Jack's talking about. One of them is is family related for sure, and we see this a lot with families. You've got whether it be parents and, and kids, you've got siblings, you've got you've got cousins, you've got aunts and uncles, even friends who are so close that that, that they're like family. There's a certain way that they are, in you know, in their personal life, you know, outside of work, that often doesn't doesn't behave differently than they do during the day at work when they're trying to do business. They, 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 they kind of act the same way, and it's very very disruptive. When you come into work, you, know, you, you walk through that front door, you got to leave that personal baggage outside. You come in, you have, there's, there should be a professional demeanor as far as how you approach your work. Two different worlds. Uh, I agree, Adam, totally. But you, you know, you, you said it before that if people have a sense of normal, that's what they know. So if uh, 
arguing and raising your voice and disregarding the people around you in a meeting where you start firing at each other, if that's what they do and they know, they're going to continue to do that. The people around them may not be that way, and chances are very high they aren't. So eventually they're going to chase people away from the organization. The organization itself is not going to be successful. We define success as growing sustainable profits. Sooner or later, that kind of activity where there's dysfunction in the top people of the, the ownership of the company, there's going to be issues. People leaving, losses mounting, uh, reputation starting to suffer in the, in the business place. All those things start to move negatively in the results of the company. Well, as, you're, as, you're, as we're talking about this, I, I'm having flashbacks to my first couple of years on Wall Street. You know, I, I joined a company that people hadn't heard of until maybe eight or ten years ago called Bear Stearns, and <laughs> they were one of the one of the first companies to, to, to take a dive in the financial crisis of 08 and 09, and they were more of an entrepreneurish group, which is part of why I wound up joining with them. But uh, if a banker, an investment banker from Goldman Sachs or J.P. Morgan or, or one of these more kind of white-collar uh, type firms, that's what they Spent. call them, white collar, white shoes. Isn't that an old white term shoes. for a white shoe, whatever the sure. heck that means? white mean. shoes, that's good. It's kind of weird, though. A little more stiff. Uh, I call them white collar because they're kind of stiff collar. They all, they, all, they all look the same when I, when, when I met the bankers from the, those, those other places. But if they came and spent an afternoon in our, our offices, they'd have thought it was totally dysfunctional. As you got people, you got people yelling F-bombs up and down the halls and you know, people yelling at this and yelling. That's just... That was just how the environment was. This is this is not in the trading. It's a floor. normal, normal environment. Yeah, that's normal for for the trading floor, no matter where you go. But for the investment banking offices to have that kind of you know, culture is a little bit different. But I didn't know any different. I was, that, that's the the only culture that I knew, and I kind of liked it. It was kind of free to kind of be yourself and kind of do what you're doing. I thought that was pretty pretty good. I remember the early years with you and F palms. <laughs> <laughs> you carry that over into the uh, into the world of small businesses. We yes. both did for a while. Yes. All of a sudden, it became a little. I don't know. What's the word? You're you're the wordsmith here. Awkward. People, well, it comes awkward back to, to f bomb it. Well, it comes back to the the political correctness stuff. I remember. Yeah, I remember at one of my <laughs> B and I groups early on. I was doing that. I was doing the. Uh, I quoted Tom Cruise's character, and uh, actually, was it Tom Cruise's character? No, it was it was his friend's character in uh, Risky, Risky Business. business? Curtis Armstrong, no, I think is his name. You know, the guy who played Booger in Revenge of the Nerds. <laughs> he was telling him, Joel, Joel, sometimes you just got to say, what the F, right? And so I, I got up and said that in the group, and it could, you could hear a pin drop, right? Everyone, thinking, everyone freezes up. Yeah, yeah. These, are all, these are all grown adults. So like, what's, what's the problem? You guys never said or, or heard this word before? You know, what's the, you know, what's the big deal? The, the, the political correctness, people get in the way. So <clears throat> anyway, so we'll get back on topic. We'll get back here from our break, which is, how do you get the owner of a, of a dysfunctional company to change? So stay tuned. We'll dig further into that when we come back after the break. I'm Adam Sunhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini. And we look forward to having your calls because we'd like to get you involved here. We're pretty frisky tonight, if that's the right word. Uh, so we'd like to mix it up a little bit with some interesting comments. I know you got how questions. We can help you answer those how questions. Stay tuned for more Dirty Secrets of Small Business on Integrity Radio, WINT 1330 AM, the new 101.5 FM, and online at WINTradio.com. 
Welcome back to Dirty Secrets of Small Business. I'm Adam Sunhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini. And we are business coaches with Maximum Value Partners, MVP. We help owners of small companies, and we define that from 1 to 25 employees in any business, any industry. We help those owners get unstuck from a state of how. We've been doing it together here for 15 years. And we are Northeast Ohio natives, born, raised, moved away a little bit, came back again, and seen the world, and this is probably the best place in the world to live. So we've helped a lot of companies in Northeast Ohio. We have clients all over the country. Uh, We have a lot of fun coaching them, coaching them through their endless how questions. And we like to have fun doing it. So not everyone works with us because we don't select them to work with us. We pick our clients. They don't pick us. Uh, And they do that because they're going to get success with us. Isn't that right, Adam? That's right. We're here talking about the F word. Yeah, that's right. That F word today is frisky. (laughs) It's the other F word. That's right. There are a lot of F words, but that's the one we're talking about. That's That's right. right. That probably probably ties in very well with our how question we had, which I'll get to here in a second. But if you want to be part of the show, as Jack said, we'd love to have you come in and and, uh, share your questions with us or thoughts with us. The number here in the studio is 440-946-9468. That's 440-946-WINT. For those of you a little more bashful, you can hit us up on our website at MaximumVP.com forward slash how, H-O-W. There'll be a little form there to fill out, and you can submit your how question. Or old school it and radio at MaximumVP.com. That's kind of old school to go email these days, but we'll go with that. And it uh, works very, very well to get those questions out here. We'll be happy to put them on the air. So the question we've been, we've been kind of bouncing around with a bit was, how do you get the owner of a dysfunctional company to change? And we start talking about the idea of you got to, first of all, admit that, the, that there's a problem, start discussing what normal is like and all that kind of stuff. So you got to, first of all, figure out and get them to admit that there is that dysfunction that's there, right? They, ha- they have to admit it. If, if they don't, then who's kidding who? And usually we, we like to look for an advisor, maybe a good friend who, who has rational thinking, and that's often missing from a, uh, an owner who basically doesn't want to change for a variety of reasons. And we've got to break through that. There's more to, to running a successful small business than just making profits. Obviously, profits are, are the number one priority here. Yeah, you aren't going to have a company if you don't have profits. So you know, that has well, to be. Wait a minute. There's nonprofits out there, Jack. Oh, right. You're right. Geez, what do we do then, Adam? How do we how do we answer that question? I'm going to panic keep, here. I don't. We keep, we keep spending the money till it's gone. <laughs> yeah, nonprofits are just that from a tax tax perspective. Oh. It's it's out there. I think it was planted decades ago uh, to confuse people and and mix it up and let the tax accountants and tax lawyers and the tax courts uh, have their day. Well, wait, well, but no, nonprofits we... basically are companies that have to have. <laughs> Earnings in excess of expenses, well, no, revenue well, no, in we, excess of. We, we, we'll, okay. often mention, we'll often mention people about that, about the nonprofit thing, and they'll say, I'm a nonprofit, right? Not supposed to be nonprofit, but I've had some non- nonprofit, right? nonprofit years, right? So, what would be some examples? We're going to come back to this dysfunctional company. What, what, what kind of things would make you identify? Because we're trying to try to talk to our listening audience here, right? So, how would they know if they have some dysfunction in, in their company? What, what could be a couple of examples of what might be kind of dysfunctional. It may be normal to them, but we'd say, hey, that's kind of a little bit dysfunctional. Raising voices, raising voices very high, argumentatively high, and and uh, in front of the employees, in front of vendors, 
in front of each other. In other words, arguing. And in a, in a situation where it basically two rational people, they, they might get a little excited, but for the most part they should calm down and focus on the business at hand. So number one, I think, well, no, so not necessarily number fight, one. But, uh, can't fight and argue? No, nah, yeah, you can. Just you not can. all the time. It shouldn't be the the normal standard where you you're waiting for it to to happen today. And right? and it shouldn't it shouldn't be vein popping. It shouldn't convert into personal. It should be gentleman's agreement, as they say, or disagreement. Well, it should be at the topic at hand. Usually, what will happen is that that fighting is it's got months or weeks or years of stuff that's being dredged up. And many of, it, many of those things may not even be involved, whether it be the topic at hand or even the business it might be something related to personal stuff that happens. So that they're bringing stuff up that has nothing to do with the reason why I'm starting to yell at you or argue with you about something. It has nothing to do with what you're talking about. It has to do with 16 other things that have nothing to do with that topic. Right? Now, we're, I, I'm trying to answer this, and I think we both are, from our observation as coaches and owners of companies. So when you see people arguing and, and it converts into personal and or before that it gets very loud and very, again, personal, uh, that's, one, that's one clue that there's dysfunction. Uh, another clue, there, there's frustrations. They may call a meeting. There may be a series of meetings, and the meetings are uncontrolled. The agenda is not often kept, may not even be set. So they all sit down, who's ever in this meeting, and the structure and discipline required for a good meeting breaks down. So here, we, we schedule a meeting, Adam, from 9 till 10. And we got seven people in there representing different departments within the company. So they all show up. And we even have an agenda. By God, that looks pretty good. So we start off, and the first uh, 15 minutes goes between you and, and Sally, who uh, have an issue in your departments, and the rest of us are sitting around watching you. And all of a sudden, the time's ticking away. You're trying to solve a problem in a meeting that's basically designed for status. And things start to break down. Frustration levels rise. The meeting gets a bad rap. All of a sudden, there's arguments. All of a sudden, there's ill feelings. All starting with what really is an undisciplined meeting, where it could be absolutely reversed. So arguments seem to be a big That's the a, key. A, a, a that's a big deal. Well, let, me, let me give another one. How about we got some, some cash issues, some cash stresses kind of going on? Because I'm trying to f figure out what those symptoms might look like. The underlying problem could be something totally different. But from the, from the standpoint, all of a sudden, there's a, there's a cash pinch where the company, the company will feel it. Everybody in the company is going to feel that cash pinch. Well, especially when the owner comes swinging in, compla uh, complaining there's no <laughs> cash for the business. <laughs> and he might not make payroll unless he goes and gets a, a hit from the bank. Right. But gone. No, yeah. but my, my point is, you know, if all of a sudden there's there's cash issues, and they've been going on for a while, that's just that that becomes normal. You know, I become used to that pain of having you know kind of be cash strapped all the time. You know, there's that term that that is often used for startups, the whole idea of bootstrapping things, mm -hmm. and the concept means again, the idea is you don't want to be spending a bunch of money. You're going to be relatively frugal early on to make sure you put a lot of sweat, blood, and tears into stuff versus versus a lot of dollars, but to t to make those very few dollars go a long way. Well, if you've been in business for five years, 10 years, 15 years, you shouldn't be, you know, week to week, month to month, year to year, where you're constantly stressed for cash. If you are, there's some dysfunction going on there that's got to be I, I would, I would agree totally with you, Adam. Right, well, yeah. as we know, the numbers, the numbers aren't 
driving the thinking of the owners for the most part. So they don't know if they're in a, a bad cash position past uh, the money in the bank and maybe a big receivable coming down the line. Right. Well, again, those are all reasons what's going on. But I'm saying you'll, you'll, right. you'll feel that symptom. So, 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 so give me a third one before we go to break. We have, we have fighting, fighting, kind of arguing. We have kind of a cash strain. You know, what would be a third one? Boy, uh, let me give let me give real life experience here. Um, people, people, again, I'll, I'll use the meeting as the backdrop because that's you know that's where you can show off your dysfunction or your functionality, and people not prepared in a meeting, they come to the meeting and they aren't prepared, so there's a lot of frustration. The biggest thing, Adam, here, let me give a fourth. The biggest thing, and we touched on it before. Is, is basically the, the meeting itself. The meeting itself should be a short one built around status. What's the status of the plan? Or it should be a working meeting in which everyone knows and, and uh, you know, let, let's strap it on and basically we're going we're gonna to be in this meeting for two hours here trying to solve these two problems. It's when that overlaps or isn't defined or the discipline doesn't keep. People get frustrated. When uh, they get me. frustrated, they get... A little weird. A little weird. So I'm going to cut you off. We have, to, we have to take a break here. Let me call that, that third and fourth. I'll, I'll combine it into kind of a, what I call poor meetings or lack of meetings. So I, I think you're saying that, that that's a good symptom. I have one more, too. I, I want to get to it and come back and break. I think it's a, a common challenge, too. So stay tuned. I'm Adam Sunhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini. We are business coaches with Maximum Value Partners. You should give us a call for all those how questions that we know you have. Stay tuned for more Dirty Secrets of Small Business on Integrity Radio, WINT 1330 AM, the new 101.5 FM, and online at wintradio.com. What's the occasion? She just smiled and she wouldn't say why. Back to Dirty Secrets of Small Business. I'm Adam Sonhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini with Maximum Value Partners. That's a business coaching company, our business coaching company. Our being my longtime business partner here of 15 years, Adam Sonhalter, and myself. We help owners of small companies get unstuck from a state of how. We love doing it, and we've been very successful with it. You should give us a call. Get in on the action here. That's right. We're the Unstuckers. We'd love to have you be part of our show, Dirty Secrets of Small Business. You can reach us here in the studio. We're live every Wednesday from 7.30 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. That's prime time. And the number in the studio is 440-946-9468. Again, 440-946-WINT. And we've been going through a question today of how do you get the owner of a dysfunctional company to change. So we try to focus on how do you identify that, that there's a, you know, a dysfunction and what it might look like. And we had a few examples before we went to break, and I got a fourth one I wanted to add to it, but we talked about one being if there's a lot of fighting or arguing kind of going on. The second one being if there's some sort of a cash strain that, that's constant over you know months and months and years that, 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 that kind of goes on. And when we're going to break, Jack was talking about different examples of what kind of poor meetings look like, or there's not meetings that are there, but there's a certain culture of kind of meeting communication that kind of goes that's right. on. right. And then the, the, the fourth one I want to talk about, which you, you might see, that where there's lots of turnover. Lots of turnover happening. Usually there's lots of turnover kind of going on. People come in, they leave, maybe they stay for six months or a year, and they, and they eject themselves. But there's a constant churn of people. That's a sign, again, of some dysfunction. It's good to, you know, to, to make sure you've got some churn. <laughs> you know, some, you know, one of the best companies for years was General Electric. And what they did is they instituted a policy where the bottom 20% would be terminated every year. 
So they do their performance reviews and everything else, and hey, if you're in the top 80%, you're fine. But that bottom 20%, they would call that every every year, and 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 they would take take them out and they'd hire new, new people in to kind of fill up again. I don't know if they still do that. You know, any idea? I don't know, but yeah, the, 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 the concept ma- makes sense. They have some way that they force some turnover to keep people kind of going. Versus, you know, a lot of folks we talk to will have, hey, I've had, you know, I haven't had a, a, a new employee in you know 12 years, or my my, my shortest term employee has been here for 20 years, kind of thing. It's like, okay, well. Is that good or bad? I, you know, that could be dysfunction too. I'm thinking, like, okay, whether it's there's lots of turnover, or there's, there's no turnover. There could be a lot of dysfunction there because the people are just they're they're there. So <laughs> this comes, with, you know, the, the, the first of all, we, we said, look, we, we got to help the, the the owner identify or admit that that there's a problem. We have a few ways to identify that that there's a problem. There's a couple examples of what that dysfunction might look like, even though it's normal for you in your well, situation. I, I I like I like the approach we're taking here and trying to define dysfunction. Because if you have an owner and some key employees who've been in the environment for so long, they don't recognize it. They know what they know. They know what they know how to do, so they don't recognize it. As business coaches, we can come in and the things we said, the four or five points that we've laid out, that that certainly is part of it. But we we can come to a conclusion of dysfunction much quicker than that. And we have a couple of tools that basically we use to to assess quickly. One is a three-word job description for oh, a... No, no, I was going to go to a better one. Okay, go ahead. I, I, got, I got even oh, wait, I'm gonna, I'll, We'll have a dysfunctional <laughs> meeting right here. <laughs> no, it, the, the plan direct control. So, okay, Mr. Business Owner or Ms. Business Owner, uh, present your company to us. Tell us what you do. And chances are in the area that we deal with, 1 to 25 employees, most... Most owners of businesses cannot intelligently and effectively present their company. Plan, they don't usually have a plan that they can articulate. Directing the activity from that plan to achieve the, the results of it, they can't do because they don't have the plan, plus they don't have the, the systems and the knowledge in place to direct that activity. And then control, that's the meetings we're talking about. We jumped right into that because that's probably the biggest, biggest source of communication. And it often gives communication a bad name because it doesn't work too well. So we can assess that basically by coming in with the owner or owners and their key staff and have that discussion. And from that, we're going to see a lot of bumbling and stumbling, almost guaranteed. And Adam and I, of course, will keep that to ourselves. And later we'll say, hey, this company is dysfunctional for 15 reasons. But you, right. you, got, you got one up I got on one me. that's, oh, no, that's not one up you. This is the one that, that, that you taught me years ago, which I think is a great, dirty little secret, Jack. And it's perfect for, for, our, for our show. So here's, here's a dirty secret. This is true. Any company you go into, this is, you know, it could be a, a, a restaurant you're going into or, or a company going to. When you walk in, ask them to go, you know, ask them where their bathroom is. <laughs> that's big, big deal. You're right. Now, people may think you have... If you're a man, you have a prostate problem that's going on, or if you're a woman, you got a small bladder. I don't know what it's going to be, but always kind of go in and check out the bathroom. The reason I say that is if you go into a company, you go into a restaurant, you go into any kind of business like that, you know, picture going into a into a gas station bathroom. <coughs> if the place is a total friggin' mess, that's a sign that there's that the rest of the company's probably a total friggin' mess too. And if the bathroom of a restaurant's that way. I wouldn't Especially eat there. a restaurant, All right? Yeah, you kind of expect yeah. that people joke about it from a gas station. Although some gas stations now are, are getting are getting better at that, since they've gotten out of the gas business and really into the selling selling the food business, there, right? Yeah. 
food and beverage business. So that's a great dirty, dirty secret here. That, that you know, if, if nothing else, take away. Go into somebody's bathroom and see, and you'll be able to tell pretty quickly if there's some dysfunction going on there with the company. Because the attention to detail isn't there. Nobody wants to do those lousy jobs, and the management isn't making sure that those lousy jobs are done, even if they have to do it as the manager themselves. So that's an indicator. Certainly is. That's we nice. had one one client that uh, had a, a very successful company, and he, he ended up selling at a very nice profit after 20-some years in the business. And he, he was a chemical engineer. They were kind of a technical company. And he would, uh, as he's growing, he, God, went from two people to 30 or 40, whatever the number was. But he, uh, he, he would go through an interview while he's recruiting and looking for people. And as he got a candidate who came down the line, who, who looked pretty good, he had maybe multiple interviews with key employees, and they liked this person. And while they're getting ready to wrap it up with him, or pretty close to wrapping up with him, he would send one of his key employees out to the parking lot to look at this person's car. And he'd look inside the car, and if it looked like somebody was sleeping in it all night, in other words, if that car was messed up and junked up and, and stuff on the floor, he would that would be a cause not to hire this person. He would not hire him under any circumstance, regardless of, of what kind of resume he or she had and, and how stellar the experience and how well he came across. If he was this disorganized, he didn't want to have them because he, he theorized that that was going to be a problem down the line. Loved there's, it. There's there's dirty secret number two. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. Again, it's not the kind of car the person was driving. It's looking inside and seeing what's going on. And thank goodness they don't do that for the Cleveland Clinic because my wife not, wouldn't have gotten hired would be out of a job. They saw her van. <laughs> she doesn't live in there, but it kind of looks like she lives in there sometimes. So I love her anyway. It's all right. So back on to our dysfunctional company. So we've talked about ways to... You know, get them to, to, to admit that, that there is a problem and how to identify what some of those problems might be, or at least some of the symptoms there. We start to kind of dig in. That's where we start to, want to figure out what's the biggest issue, what's the biggest dysfunction. And then making sure that, that they want to make a change. Now, often the, 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 the change can be, and we often frame things within our seven keys to success. So we'll try to figure out what, you know, where are the biggest issues at. So as I'm talking about things like cash flow, cash flow is one of our seven keys, key number six. The, the idea of, of meetings and, and, and communication and, and, and turnover people, that's organization plan. That's number four of our seven keys. People, people always, always, owners always, and employees always come up with, uh, hey, what, what kind of problems does our company have? And almost uh, every, every response in the top three is communication. Like, you know, you can just simply communicate. I can just say the word and everyone's going to understand what I just meant and said. It doesn't work that way. Not at all. As I often tell my 10-year-old daughter, if you've got two ears and one mouth, <coughs> use them in proportion. Too many of us spend too much time talking and yapping and not enough time listening. And that's where the communication usually breaks down, is not listening well. Oh, even using fancy words. That's why we, we like to uh, like, poke at fancy words. Like quandaries? Quandaries. Or frisky. Frisky's not fancy. Quasimoto. Who is Quasimoto? Frisky's is fun to say. You can't say frisky and not smile, can you? Uh, no, you can't. You can't frown and say picture, frisky. Picture a little golden retriever bouncing around and, yeah, frisky. I like frisky. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you have to get them to, to admit that they, that they want to change. And so often the way you make change is the pain of changing has to be less than the pain of staying the same. Or there's got to be a positive, a positive reinforcement. 
I like that. That's a good, good, uh, so we had good a, phrase. We had a, you know, my, my son's getting ready to graduate eighth grade here next week, and they had a little leadership retreat last week that we went down to visit. And uh, they had a good speaker. Guy was, uh, uh, guy was a pretty successful entrepreneur, and he and his wife had started this kind of non, non-profit to help educate younger kids on, on what to do. And he talked about the, the whole idea of kind of pain and kind of the pain scale. And this guy was 68 years old, in very, very good shape. He's at these CrossFit classes and, you know, doing pretty well. And he was uh, talking about the whole idea of the pain scale. He said, instead of focusing on the pain, so he gave examples of, like, for, for working out. He goes, you know, I don't like to go to do CrossFit. He goes, but I've got 16 grandkids. He said, I spent three hours playing basketball with, with, with the grandkids, you know, over Easter Sunday. He said, so I'm, looking, I'm not looking at the pain here. I'm looking at what, what's that going to get me. So I'll put the time in over here to make that start to happen. So you got to look at the pain of what you're, what you're going through now, and where is it going to lead you to? So the pain of having to change from the current people that you've got that have been there for 22 years, or having to, to, to let your, your sibling go, or you know tell your parent it's time for them to kind of run off in the sunset, or whatever it might be, to start to have that very short-term pain that you're focused on versus looking at that, that potential payoff here. In terms of what's it going to do for the organization? That takes a pretty enlightened person and, and a, I don't know, an experience. Well, that's what enlightenment is, you know. You, you basically gather experience to see that, to see that trade-off. Most people are stuck, not only in the state of how, but stuck in the moment. And so, uh-huh. you know, I'm, I'm going <coughs> to do how. what I'm doing, not, not with a payoff down the line, unfortunately. Well, the, the how is very important. You know, people are often fascinated, Jack, that we talk about the, 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 the fact that most of our clients are with us for years. And, they, you know, or like, what, what are people, idiots? They can't figure this stuff out. It's like, no, they aren't idiots. Okay, the, 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 usually they know what, the, what they want to do. It's, it's the how. That's right. So, hey, I, I have an idea, or maybe they identify, yeah, I've got some dysfunction here, and I'm not sure how to go about doing it. I'm not sure how, how to go about doing it and still be able to have the family, you know, family, you know, function, you know, next month and, and not be, you know, at bitter ends. I don't know how to, you know, it's the, the how to make it start to happen. And there's not one right way to go about doing stuff. There are, lot, there are lots of options for things. And depending what your style is, how you like to, to go about doing things, how much, you know, risk you like to take, how forceful you want to be versus, you know, letting things kind of take some time. There, and there's no, no, there's no necessarily right or wrong way to do it. The only wrong thing to do from our standpoint is to admit you got a problem, know that there's an issue, and then to do nothing about it. Now, doing nothing sometimes is okay because things will, will eventually take care of themselves if you're okay with those outcomes. Well, they get to a point. They get to a point of pain, you know, where we make great sense to them. It, it, and when we sit down, when we sit down with a, a prospective client, we generally make very, very good sense. We we frame what they've been frustrated with and and lay out a track through our seven keys to success that uh, just makes such good sense. And, you know, the, the, the frustration that so many people have in running a business and trying to get through some of these day-to-day issues, it's, it's what causes much dysfunction, that That's frustration. Right. That's the key word. All right, when we come back, when we come back from break, we'll get to the, to the crux of the question you asked almost an hour ago, Jack, which is how do you get the owner of a dysfunctional company to change? We'll get to the crux of that, how to make that uh, happen. It's so another F word there, too, That's frustration. Right. That's right. Stay tuned. I'm Adam Sonhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini with Maximum Value Partners. We are, as we say and have said a number of times tonight already, we're business coaches, and we help people get unstuck from the state of Howell. Stay tuned for more Dirty Secrets of Small Business on Integrity Radio, WINT 1330 AM, the new 101.5 FM, and online at wintradio.com. Do it for today, baby. 
Welcome back to Dirty Secrets of Small Business. I'm Adam Sunhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini with Maximum Value Partners. We are having a bunch of how questions, and really we narrowed them down to one, maybe two, but I don't think we'll have time for the second one tonight. Uh, that's what we do. Next week, Jack, don't worry. Thank God. But uh, that's what we do. We help owners of small companies defined as 1 to 25 employees. We help those companies, no matter what business they're in. You know, you owners of those small businesses are the experts in the product. We're the experts in the business side of business. And we help. We help owners of small companies, and we've done hundreds of them. Thousands, maybe, if we really figured it all out. But uh, how to answer those how questions? We get them unstuck. We're unstuckers. And so, as I said before, I went to break here. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm loving that there aren't word. There are too Jack. many. I, you know, I am, to too, that, as right? I hear that. The right. unstuckers. You get a little visual with little guys going on, digging them out. So, you got yeah, a couple things. Because we're going to answer the question. How do you get the owner of a, of a dysfunctional company to change? Let me make a quick analogy. We're just finishing up track season, Jack, as you know. I've been very into track here. And... We're, we're in championship week here, and we're still working hard with our athletes, trying to get them to, to make adjustments and tweaks. I spent a lot of time in the shot put pit. Now, I never did shot put, but I've learned a lot in the last three or four years about how it kind of works, and it's so difficult. You know, they, These kids work their butts off. They try different things. They watch other kids do things. They watch videos, and to, to watch somebody else do it, but then to take it and internalize it and start to perform, or as a coach, to take it and try to, okay, I'm demonstrating, I'm doing this, I, you know, and you know, they're seeing me do it, but to, to get it to where it, it, it registers in your brain of here's how to go about doing it. And we had a huge high-five moment last night. We, 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 we have one of our shot put girls, that's been, she's been tremendous, okay? And she's in eighth grade, and she is, um, she's in the championships come up this week. She, she had second place last week, and she's doing it, and she could be so much better if we can get her just to get it a little bit higher and get her legs underneath her. And finally, last night, I found the phrase to get her to get it to all of a sudden, we finally got the, got the put up in the air much higher than we were. It should be. And it was, it was amazing. You, see her, you can see her face just glow, right? Lighten up from, yeah. And yeah. so, but it, it took three years, right, to get there. And, we're tr- and we tried all the kind of different ways. We finally got it to where it clicked. That is okay? a good example. That, so that's a very have, good we example. Have, we have the same trouble with, with our clients. We, we can see it. All right, so here, here you are on the outside, and you, and you, can, you can see what's going on. You can see what the dysfunction, what, what the challenge is, what the answer is. But how? How to get them to, to not only accept the change, but then how to get them to, to go do it and to, to be very encouraging and very empathetic and relate to them and patient to get it, to get it right so when they're ready that they, they can pull that trigger because it's not easy. They, they, they've been living with that, whatever that dysfunction is, for usually years or decades. Yeah, you've right? never developed the, the, the motor skills, the, the, the muscle uh, coordination, the the mental part of it to trigger all those things to work in harmony. That's right. It's it's a great example. And one of the biggest things we, we focus on is the profit plan. So somebody's never really, really been exposed to and asked to present their financial numbers or studied them anywhere. How in the world can they put together a profit plan? But yet they're in the business of making profit. So that takes years. Most of our clients stay with us for years because they progress from wherever they're at today when we first meet them to what become very successful and sophisticated owners of businesses. And they grow. They grow with that knowledge. And we, we've pulled these success traits together where we've proven it time and time again that if you stay on board and, and continue to to work with us on these seven keys and master them, your company's going to be successful. So if we can get them to admit that, that there's a dysfunction or a problem, 
help them identify what it is or show them some of the symptoms of that and get them to say, yeah, I want to make a change. One of the best ways we've found to make that happen is with our seventh key, Jack, which, which is presenting. That's correct. Role-playing, practicing, whatever it might be. And you'd be amazed, that, you know, I had with one client today, we, he and I talked five times a day, Jack, about a couple different topics, and <laughs> a lot of it was role-playing, okay? And, 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 and it's, these are often five, ten-minute phone calls, but they're very, very important to help get them through with what they're wrestling with. Because, again, it's, and, and you can say, hey, say yeah, I'm relying upon you because you've been through this, you know, a bunch before. I've never been through it before, but I'm, I'm trusting your guidance and advice here. Let's go through it. And it's, we'll, we'll, we'll talk through it. We'll, we'll role-play through all the possible scenarios. All of a sudden, we start putting out all the possible pushbacks or things that go wrong. How am I going to react here? And that's a big and, deal. And you go that's, through it. That's and, right. And, and some folks can do it at once, and they're okay, and they, and they look kind of bull, you know, you know, bull ahead. Some folks got to go through it dozens of times before they're finally ready because they, they want to get it just right. The inflection of the voice, the exact wording, whatever it might be. And so oh, they're building confidence. Yeah. They're, they're getting pumped uh, to go into battle here, and they need, they need a couple of tools, and they don't have them, and they know it, and they sense it. Well, I think that's where most people miss it, okay? And even coming back, you know, this is not just from a coaching standpoint, but if, if you're running a company, Jack was mentioning earlier from a communication standpoint, hey, I, I've told you that. I've mentioned this umpteen times, and, and people don't seem to kind of get it. Well, say it for the umpteenth and plus one time. That's right. Make it happen again, and, right. and, and, and make sure people play it back to you. People, people, people presenting back to you is so key. People won't let their, their folks present back to them and say, well, again, what, what's the plan? Back to plan, direct control. What's the plan? Well, if you don't tell me something or if I don't give you a chance to present yourself and I just do it, you'll just sit back and cross your arms and wait for me to give you the answers because that's what I've been doing all this, <laughs> the, your whole life, right? It's an easy habit to fall into as an owner, too. And it's one of the things that, 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 that the, the current generation of millennials get, get, gets, gets whacked by all the time. Say, hey, gee, they, they, they've never figured out their own problems or, or solutions to their problems, so the parents come and fix it for them. But don't you be that parent if you're an owner of a company. Make sure people are presenting to you and, and, and help them, help coach them through some of this stuff to, so they get better. That's a key part of your role. But so it, com it comes back, though, to, to the very original how question here. You know, how do you get that owner? How do you get that owner? Because the company's dysfunctional because of the person running it or the people running it. It just doesn't happen because it falls out of the sky and it's dysfunctional. So how do you get that person to recognize they are the problem? How is that question. done? Is it? Yeah, you asked how do we, <laughs> how do we get the the owner of a dysfunctional company to change? That's part part. Uh, so that's part one. Part seven. Part twenty-seven. <laughs> twenty-seven <laughs> sub <laughs> questions on. to it. That may have been the that, that may have been the real question, Jack. Now we got to start the show over again. All right. <laughs> how do you get the How do you get the owner to admit that that he or she is the problem? Is that Is that your question? That's right. Okay, that was kind of hidden within that. I can see as I read the question again. That's kind of a subcontext of the real. That's the real question. That's, that's question you know you know we make great breakthroughs on that is when we bring that little three foot two by four that uh, we <laughs> kind of bang it on the desk a little bit upside and saying, heads. Okay, this is the yeah. sixth time we're going through this with you. You're the You're the problem, and we can change it if you admit that and hold up that two by four. That's usually what what transforms them into. Uh, <laughs> it's not it's not as hard as you think. Here's what happens: we tell we tell our clients that most people will not be open and honest with them. They have to understand how powerful they are as the owner. Right. They're the they're the man, so to speak, within within the company, and they write all the checks and they and they can they they can make hiring firing decisions decisions that they can make people's worlds very very painful or very very good. So people often don't tell them how things really are. Usually until maybe somebody's leaving. With the exit interview, maybe they'll maybe they'll they'll give them you know maybe. some insight yeah. to it then. Yeah. So we're often the first people coming in, 
truly telling them how it is. Well, what, you know, no holds barred, and we're letting them, so letting them see it. And usually they got to hear it. They got to know it before they can change. I mean, it's really that simple. So once you get there, then it's a question of how, you know, what change to make first. And they'll they'll try to change, but it takes time. There's a there's a wise wise sage that once told me it takes 21 days to to make a habit change, Jack. Yeah, I heard that too. I heard that very recently too. Yeah. Again, reinforced. So you got to make those changes, and keep it keep it going <laughs> after again and again and again. So it's very important to make that start to happen if you want to be able to make the change from your dysfunctional company. We have all the answers as the unstuckers here. So. We want, do. I want to thank you for joining us in this week's edition of Dirty Secrets of Small Business. I made it the entire hour, Jack. I'm very impressed. So that I am I'm too. No, you better next you, week. Uh, yeah, you're you're back again. All 100%. right. Percent. So you're, you're invited to join us next Wednesday, 7:30 p.m. Eastern. If you have questions before, shoot us an email at radio at maximumvp.com or call us directly 877-849-0670. We are live. We are live from Willoughby, Ohio, on live Wednesday, 7:30 p.m. to 8:30 p.m. We'd love your questions and have some fun with them. If you missed any part of the show, there's an archive section on WINT Radio. You can go to iTunes or our website at MaximumVP.com. We've got a radio tab right there. Hey, thanks for listening. Learn more Dirty Secrets of Small Business next Wednesday at 7.30 p.m. Thanks for listening on Integrity Radio, WINT 1330 AM, the new 101.5 FM, and online at WINTradio.com.